Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. Vision Drip. I um, it's September, which means that our around the table hospitality campaign is officially underway. If you don't know what that is, here's a, a recap. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks, and we talked about it in the previous podcast. Um, but over the the course of, of September and October, we are challenging everybody who calls Sacred City Church Moline um, their home to join us in a two-month hospitality campaign where we are intentionally spending one meal every week um, sharing the table with either somebody from our missional community, somebody from Sacred City Church, or somebody that we're on mission to to practice gospel hospitality, having people over in our homes, using our table as, as a weapon uh, for advancing the kingdom of heaven here in the Quad Cities, um, and also as a way to engage in uh, ongoing discipleship conversations. Um, and so last time I kind of provided a, a little bit of vision, a little oversight, or I guess a, a glimpse at what this is going to look like. Um, so I, I don't want to necessarily rehash all of that. In fact, we've we've given you, if you're with us on Sunday, we give gave out these little booklets um, to kind of explain a little bit more. You can find a copy, a digital copy of that up on Realm right now if you want to check that out and read through it. Hopefully that helps you uh, kind of catch a, uh, the vision for what we're trying to do here. Um, not just in these two months of, of trying to do these hospitality things, but to create ongoing rhythms in our households and with our families uh, of sharing the table and, and, and having these gospel conversations um, together. And so I, I realized that as I'm challenging some people um, to do this, for some people, this is going to be like in their wheelhouse. Hospitality is is a gift. Uh, we talked about gifts of the body that God's given uh, the church for the, for the building up of the body um, in love. Um, so some people naturally have those gifts and praise God for you because you guys really set the tone. You encourage us uh, that don't necessarily have those gifts to lean into it and to aspire towards uh, gospel hospitality. Um, but there are going to be some others of us who, man, we just feel like this is this is a, a place where uh, we're not necessarily gifted. Kind of Maybe we've got a void here. And so we're feeling that we're a little bit out of our comfort zone here. And um, and so I want to speak, take this little bit of time here to speak to those of you who feel like that, that this hospitality campaign is putting you out of your comfort zone. And one of the things that we have to talk about when we're, when we're talking about getting pushed out of our comfort zone is addressing um, some of the objections that we might have about why we feel like we might, might not be good at this or why we don't want to do this might be rooted in not just a, a, a lack of gifting, but it's, it's rooted in something of unbelief. That we have these defeater beliefs that we hold on to that we say this is true and, and because 
this belief A is true, it means that belief B must be true as well. So we hold on to those beliefs that are limiting, that keep us from actually, well, and, and in this case of hospitality, it's it's a command from God to practice hospitality, not just for those who are gifted at it, but for all Christians to lean into this. Um, and so we want to take a little bit of time and to address some of these defeater beliefs that people think it's impossible uh, to grow in hospitality, to practice biblical hospitality. And so I want to just kind of go through a list of some of the things that I've been thinking through that might be limiting beliefs that people have and kind of speak some truth into those things um, and hopefully encourage you to jump on board with us over the course of these next two months. One of the first limiting beliefs that that I hear all the time when it comes to things, practicing hospitality and sharing meals with people, or even just having like regular family meals together, is this thing where people say, man, I'm just too busy, right? You think of it, you know, you're, you're, we're asking you to come to church on Sunday mornings um, to invest in your missional community family. You got work, you got finan- uh, family uh, responsibilities, you got to drive your kids around to school, to after curricular, after school curricular, extracurricular activities. Um, you've got all kinds of other things going on in life. And so then for us to say, listen, hey, we want you to have one meal a week with somebody, invite somebody over into your space that might feel like, man, you, that's just too much. Um, now, what we're doing here. Uh, we're not trying to make you more busy. In fact, we, we think that you do a pretty good job of making yourself busy. What we're trying to get you to do in this time, in this season, in this campaign is to slow down, right? To, to, to say no to something so that you can share space, share time, share a meal with somebody else and enjoy the people that God has put around you so that you can be present with your family and your, your church family and those that God is calling you to be on mission to, to show and to share the love of Jesus with so that you can invest in some of the most meaningful and transformational relationships that Jesus has in store for you. So we're not trying to make you more busy. We're actually trying to get you to slow down. We're actually trying to help you reprioritize the things that are transformational, the things that actually grow us in the gospel, the things that really help us to create a legacy and to to kind of cultivate discipleship relationships in our our home and with the people that we are doing um, life with. So that's the first one, right? We want to put that out. We're we're not trying to ask you to be busy. We're trying to ask you to slow down. So um, the second defeater belief. The second limiting belief that people said, yeah, sure, this this idea of a hospitality campaign sounds awesome, um, sounds cool, but I'm just not good at this stuff. And like I said in, in the intro here, this might be something that's in our wheelhouse. For some other people, it's not, but we are all called as Christians to be hospitable. And so thankfully... Like muscles and, and and muscle training, physical training, um, hospitality is a skill. It's a, it's a muscle that can be developed. Okay, so just because you're not a Joanna Gaines, just because you don't have that natural wheelhouse expression of hospitality, doesn't mean you just stand back. Okay, and in fact, one of the things that I said in this booklet was, um, it's okay to not be good at hospitality as you get going at it, but what's not okay is disobedience. Right? A, a, a Romans twelve thirteen calls every Christian to practice hospitality. So we want to encourage you, say, even if you're bad, say, hey, um, I'm learning. I'm learning and I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to go on this this journey of learning how to be more hospitable. Um, The next limiting belief is is that my home is a safe space. Okay, so yeah, I, I like the idea of having people over, but it really makes me nervous because I've treated my home as a sanctuary for so long. It's a place where it's been for me and my family. I've kept the world out. Um, I've got I've got an eight eight foot uh, privacy fence for a reason. I just kind of like having my space. Um, 
And I think that living a life like that, that just, that creates a sanctuary in the home is really antithetical toward uh, uh, the gospel life that we're called into. Um, because one of the realities that that we start to live into when we become a Christian is that God has created a home for us. Jesus told his disciples that he's going off and he's creating a place for them in his father's house, that this is shared space, this is a place that Jesus is letting us into, um, not because we're, we've, we've earned that spot, but because in his grace, he's He's creating space for us. And so we want to reflect that gospel reality that Jesus is making space for us in his father's house by creating space for other people in our own house. And so that might mean some of our idolatries of, of, of comfort, um, of, of privacy, of security might have to be put on the altar in worship to Jesus so that our lives, that our homes can be redeemed and used for gospel purposes. Now with that comes a bunch of, of subcategories of objections. You know, if, if you're one of those people who feels like, man, my house is always a mess. Like I want to have people over, but my house is never clean enough. Okay. Well, let me say, first of all, if your house would be a good candidate for hoarders, then it might be true that you need to practice some good, uh, some good stewardship and and taking, uh, you know, exercising domain, um, and and cultivating your home in a, in a, in a godly kind of way to, to show order, bringing order to chaos. Right. So that, if if that's the case, if you're, you're, you've got a really, really train record of a house, man, we want to help you through that. In fact, your missional community can be a great resource to you in helping you clean up and organize and, and, you know, trusted people, uh, people that you trust stepping into your space to help you make your space to reign in the chaos and make your space usable for kingdom purposes. Uh, but for most of us, I think that we just have this unrealistic expectation of what a clean house uh, should look like, especially if you have kids. Listen, um, there's something to be said about having a clean, orderly space um, that provides a great as- atmosphere for hospitality, but we live in our homes. Life is going on. We should not, uh, in fact, there might be a gospel issue if you've got a, a house that would be like any day of the week at any moment in time, somebody from Better Homes and Gardens could show up and take pictures of your houses and y- your house could be in a magazine, right? That could be a gospel issue in itself. Um, but if we're living in our houses, there's going to be a natural um, element of clutter, a, a natural element of just lived inness that we've got to learn to cope with. And and people that we're inviting into our space, I think have have some, hopefully they have a little bit of grace for you um, in, in saying, Hey, listen, I want to do life with you, but, but it also it's like, we're sharing our mess together here. That's, that's really what we're doing. We're sharing life with people. We're having people in our homes. I'm kind of sharing my mess. I'm sharing my life in a way where I, I could tidy up. I could posture. I could pretend, um, I could, you know, put on a face, but man, when, when I'm inviting people over, I want to give them, um, the authentic, the genuine version of myself. And that could, could we reflect that in, in inviting people into the genuine uh, reality of our homes. It might be a little bit messy. Don't let that stop you from practicing gospel hospitality. Now, one of the things um, that that has been probably for us as a family in the Schmidt household has been a limiting barrier or a limiting belief for us is that our kids are very distracting when we sit down to have a meal with somebody. I mean, we, we love our kids. We love um, having them join us at the table, but rarely, um, if not ever, have we had a, a dinner um, where we invite people over that has gone um, exactly according to plan. There's always uh, intrusions and uh, just distractions. There's always um, 
meltdowns, whether it's over who gets the blue plate or not wanting to eat this kind of chicken when you rather have chicken nuggets or whatever the case might be, the kids just put in a, a layer of complexity with these. Um, and so rather than just saying, listen, we, our kids are, this is a season of life. Having people over just isn't going to work for us. I, I think that's a myth. I think that's, first of all, um, that's doing a disservice to our kids because by modeling hospitality, we're training our kids in what gospel hospitality looks like. It gives them a reflection of, of, of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, that we're inviting people into our space. So we're, we're limiting our kids. We're limiting ourselves um, as parents from having these um, engaging conversations and sharing life with our friends and people we're on mission to, people from the church. Um, and and we're also limiting um, the other people that we're doing life with and just saying, hey, this is part of our life that we don't want to let you in on. And so it is really limiting and we're missing out on a lot of, of incredible opportunities and blessing one another and sharing life with others. And so uh, a couple things that we do um, or have, have sort of been adopting over the last couple of years uh, is, is it goes like this. Here's some recommendations how to make this work a little bit smoother. First of all, if, if your kids um, are super picky eaters, one of the things that you can do is... Um, is cr- create a meal that will have the least amount of objections, okay? If you're going to have everybody sit at the table together, make it a meal that everybody can get on board with, or make maybe you're making a side dish for your kids. They get to eat mac and cheese while you get to eat something a little bit more uh, enjoyable and make it go a little bit smoother. Or another option is to actually feed your kids in advance. You know, um, get them started at least at the dinner table so that, you know, they, they limit their time at the table. And then when they finish up, you can dismiss them from the table. They can go play a game. They can go watch a movie or do whatever uh, the kids want to do while you're having some of that, that conversation with the people that you're um, trying to share life with, share your dinner table with. Um, and, and the other piece is it's just we got to learn to be okay with some of the uh, the intrusions and the interruptions that the kids are going to bring, and and we can find ways to to make them involved in the conversation and make them feel like you know participants in in the meal instead of just silent observers. So find ways to get them roped into the conversation and engage them. Uh, I think it's really cool when their kids experience people really paying attention to them um, from our church family. It really shows that they're loved and uh, they're cared for. Um, Another objection here. We're just going down the line. Another objection that that I I can anticipate is somebody saying, "Listen, I like the idea of having people over, but I'm just not a good cook. Um, I, I I don't, you know, I'm not. My cooking skills are not up to par, um, and so I would rather just not embarrass myself. But listen, when you're inviting people over. Nobody expects you to be a gourmet chef, right? No, nobody expects you, like if you are, that's a bonus, right? Use those gifts that God has given you. But but for most of us, uh, the internet proves to be a really valuable resource. It's we as long as you can follow a recipe, um, you can you can find a, a a good recipe online. You can make a pretty. It's a home run recipe. Um, it's typically easy to do. You can make something simple and make it work. You can pull it off. I'm very confident. If you need help, there's people in your missional community, people who who are actually really good cooks that I'm sure would love to help you figure it out. So, you know, find, it might require a little bit of humility asking for help, uh, but there are ways to develop as a good cook. Now, not only will this benefit you um, in you becoming a better cook, it'll benefit your missional community because now you don't have to just bring potato chips every week. Um, you can actually bring a, a, a home-cooked meal or a home-cooked side or whatever it is you're making. Um, but also, you know, for you single folks, it'll benefit you later on in life and your, and your spouse will benefit from this as well. Um, so there, if you're not a good cook, there's options. And listen, if all else fails, man, I don't like doing this. But you can order out, you can order in, whatever it might be. You can do that. But there's something to be said about learning this life skill of, of cooking um, for other people. It, it's a great skill to have. 
next, we want to talk about the fact that cooking for other people um, is can be expensive. Okay. Um, we went through a, like a, a hike in the meat prices uh, not too long ago. The food is expensive. I mean, our this is funny. Um, Beck and I, I was looking back through some of our, our financial stuff uh, from our early years of marriage, and um, we realized it was kind of our budget from that first year. Our our budget for um, groceries has quadrupled over the last ten years, which is pretty insane. Um, but that's the reality. And and food gets expensive. You got extra mouths to feed, and you bring more people. I mean, with kids, extra mouths to feed. But then you bring extra people to the table. Your your grocery budget is likely to take a hit. It, it's likely to bounce up a little bit. Um, and so here's a couple things to help you, because because it is it, it's something you can't avoid. Like if you're going to cook meals for more people, um, then you've got to be able to account for this. So here's a couple suggestions for you. Um, be resourceful. Shop. Shop the bargains. Um, go to Aldi. Aldi's got great, you know, great um, prices compared to some of the other um, high supermarkets. Um, you can save money by going there um, or find the deals. Grocery stores are always running promotions, find sales, um, stock up on stuff. Um, and and you, another piece is that you can always make a budget-friendly meal. You can typically make a casserole or a pasta dish that feeds four to six people for under $15, right? Noodles are cheap. Sauce is cheap. You can ground a couple pounds of hamburger and do it all, you know, pretty inexpensively. Um, and, and honestly, if you do that, it'll cost just about as much uh, as it would if you were to go buy fast food meal for just one person. So it, it's possible to do that. Now, the extra thing, the more that you develop this um, sense of hospitality and it becomes more of a regular rhythm in your life, you're going to want to actually develop a, a, a trait of, of thinking ahead a little bit um, by budgeting ahead. So if, you, if you're going to be sacrificial, you actually have to plan ahead to be sacrificial. So, so you got to maybe um, budget ahead. And that might mean making some cuts, maybe that latte or that, that extra little thing that you get that you kind of splurge on every month. Um, maybe, maybe God is inviting you to, to lay those things down so that you can be more sacrificial, that you can be giving, that you can show generosity, uh, to the people that you're doing life with. Um, and then, and then, like I said, the, the budget in this piece is start planning ahead, put that extra line in your budget and, and make the space for that. Um, Okay, so the next objection, the next limiting belief, and and I'm just basically I'm going through um, the uh, the the list of things here that that's in that little booklet. If you haven't picked up on that already, um, so if you haven't helped read this yet, then then here's a help for you. But but the next thing I want to talk about is being single, because a lot of people feel like okay, hospitality is a married person's game, right? I got to be married. Uh, I, I've got it's it's a prerequisite to practice hospitality. That that's just simply untrue. Um, God uses singles um, in their their practicing of hospitality just as much as married couples to advance the kingdom of heaven one dinner at a time. So um, this is something that if you're single, you can jump into too. Now, it might look a little bit different. Maybe maybe you live in an apartment where you don't have the space, and that's one of the things that I, that I want to address here. Uh, maybe you, you live with your parents or uh, currently uh, or whatever it might be. You just don't have an accommodating space um, to be hospitable. There's ways for you to still practice hospitality. Maybe it means, uh, and generosity, maybe it means bringing a meal over um, and, and using someone else's space to entertain. Maybe you're going out to a picnic space, um, eating eating a meal out of the lawn. We're coming up on a lot of nice weather here as the fall sets in. There's just a lot of ways to be create, creative um, that we can practice hospitality and still step into this as as single people or even people who don't have have the space to do this. And, and I think... Um, 
another objection that you might run into is, is some people, for some people, the idea of having people over, practice hospita- hospitality, um, being intentional with gospel conversations. One of the things that makes people nervous is the thought that I will have to pray out loud and other people will hear me while I'm praying, right? There's almost this expectation that if you're a Christian, you're going to pray for your meal. In fact, that, that's a good rhythm to be in and giving thanks to God uh, for the meals. But, but, um, you don't need to be afraid of this. Um, you don't have to say a, a super mega long prayer. You don't have to give a theological discourse in your pre-meal prayers. I would encourage you to pray and give thanks for your food. Give thanks to the comp- company. Invite the Holy Spirit to be present as you eat and and talk together and, and have conversation. Um, but you don't have to make it this complicated thing. There, there doesn't have to be this fear in praying. In fact, one of the best opportunities that we have as Christians um, is to pray before our meals, not only for the the, the grace that God has given us to have this food, um, to eat, the hands that have prepared it, um, but for the grace uh, that, it, that this meal reminds me of, that, that Jesus actually sustains us. We can thank God for the food, thank Him for Jesus, thank Him for the company. Um, it's a way that you can um, flatter your guests and just give thanks thanks for their friendship, um, but it also reinforces the idea that something sacred is about to transpire, which is one of the things that we talked about uh, in the last podcast is that eating is both communal, right? We do it together, and it, it, there's a spiritual reality that, that it points to as we eat. So uh, we want to kind of drop the fear of praying aloud. You don't have to be af- afraid of it. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, you don't have to have this fear of man. Um, just offer your prayer uh, up to the Lord and, and kind of use that to point to, to the spiritual um, sacredness that's about to transpire in your meal. And then I think one of the last objections that I can think of, and, and maybe you can think of more, and I'd like to hear them. You shoot me an email, um, and I can include those in, in maybe some of the next uh, line of communications, is that, that there's just a general uh, concern that I'm just a bad conversationalist. I'm worried I'm going to have somebody over. Um, I'm not going to know how to navigate a conversation. I'm not, you know, it's going to be boring. We're going to sit in silence. We're just going to hear each other chomping on the food. Um, I'm going to ask a dumb question and embarrass myself, right? And, and and the fear is that our conversation will be boring and superficial. Listen, I, I think that it's a good concern to want to have a good conversation, especially a conversation that leads us into gospel intentionality. Um, but I, I don't want you to get too psyched out about this, okay? We don't have to hype up the the conversation, make it to be something that really debilitates us. We can just step into the room. We can be ourselves. We can be natural, enjoy the company. Um, and, and in this next part here, um, the next podcast, I want to offer this guide to intentional conversation. So Right now, we're not going to get to it all. I'm going to keep this short here podcast for today. But just know, like, you don't have to be afraid of this. You can just step into the room, be yourself. We want to help you learn how to ask good questions, how to navigate questions in a helpful way, and just trust that the Holy Spirit is with you as you sit down at the table. Um, He's your helper here, and he gives us the words to say. And so that's one of the things that can really, as we uh, lead up to that time of, of practicing hospitality, asking the Spirit to be with us in our conversation, asking the Spirit to give us the words to say, the questions to ask so that we can have really a good gospel conversation uh, with those that we're meeting with around the table. So those are my uh, uh, addressing, that's addressing some of the uh, objections, the limiting beliefs, the defeater beliefs that could prevent us from um, 
practicing gospel hospitality. And what I want to invite you to do is whatever those fears are, whatever those insecurities are, is to offer them up to Jesus and to, to believe the gospel and in faith step out in obedience in practicing gospel hospitality. Um, and, and I'm praying for you. I know that this is something that with time we're going to develop these muscles. It's something that the Lord wants to do with us. And we just want to value um, the shared space that we have around the table and make every opportunity that we have uh, to use that for the, the mission of God moving forward in the Quad Cities. I hope that's helpful. I hope that that gives you uh, a little bit of encouragement to step out. If, if this is out of your comfort zone, you can press forward and, and join us in this campaign around the table. God bless you guys. I will see you this Sunday.